From the heartland of America, focused on God, family, and country, the mouthpiece of the Midwest, this is Dale Carter's America. With Kurt Wheeler, I'm Dale Carter, and this is Dale Carter's America. Um, next week, we're going to have a very special podcast edition. Uh, we'll have some special guests. Gary McNamara is going to be on the show. He's the co-host of Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. I'm a big fan of that show, and uh, Gary and I have become friends over the years. Um, and never have a chance to uh, interview him like we're going to interview him next week, so make sure you tune in for that. Um, Natalie Randall is – I'm sorry, Natalie Rush – Oops, <laughs> she's back with us. Um, so uh, don't tell her I outed her real name. Uh, but she's like our resident liberal, right? Yes. And uh, we had some issues that we didn't get to the last time she was on. And so she was kind enough to come back. And uh, you'll see that in its entirety next week as well. We have a lot on the plate today. Uh, but first, Kurt, why don't you tell the folks all the ways that they can be part of Dale Carter's America? Yes, absolutely. And uh, thanks for tuning in. You can find us on Spotify uh, if you want to listen to just the audio. And YouTube is where you can primarily find the video podcast. Uh, also, Rumble. We do a lot of clips. We're going to be watching some funny videos today that you should uh, check out with us. And uh, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, we post a lot of stuff there, memes, uh, things like that that are uh, we find funny or interesting and we love to hear your feedback we get a lot of comments especially on facebook so thanks everyone for tuning in thanks for engaging with our content make sure to subscribe and, and tell your friends we appreciate it you know when a thought occurs to me i go right to the facebook page and i write a little something or other and i know it inflames some people one way or the other way i mean one of the things that really got a lot of engagement this past week was i, I was encouraging my friends in congress like mark alford stop fooling around on things like the Adam Schiff thing and this impeachment thing, unless something really comes up that's impeachable. I mean, get down to what we really care about. And I know some of you don't agree with that. And that was great. I mean, we got a lot of interaction going back and forth on that. So uh, look for Facebook uh, for me to just like pop in once in a while with whatever happens to be popping into my head. Right now, what's popping into my head is my favorite State Farm agent. He is State Farm agent Bob Watson. You'll find him at 7th and Main in Blue Springs, 816-229-7878. I know the people who own our radio station are wishing that they had Bob Watson to call on Saturday morning when the floodwaters came down from the third floor in this hideous building that we call home. Anytime, Kurt, that you're in the bottom floor of a building, you're susceptible to something like this. Yes, unfortunately. And we're dealing with uh, the recovery from the flood and all that. If you've got an emergency at your home, you want to call somebody who's on your side with surprisingly great rates at State Farm. And that's my pal Bob Watson and his entire team who've been insuring me for nearly 30 years. 816-229-7878, 7th and Main in Blue Springs. Call and get a rate quote. We got a lesson in uh, the Electoral College from the College World Series. A little brief thing I'm going to throw in here, Kurt. Uh, the LSU Tigers, for the seventh time, they are the champions of college baseball. How does this relate to the Electoral College, you may ask? Yes, I may. So there were three games in the final series, right? LSU won two games to one. Florida, however, with that blowout win by 20 runs over the weekend, they outscored LSU 31 to 26. So if you were a Democrat, you would give the championship to Florida, right? <laughs> yeah. You would. But unfortunately for the Democrats in the Electoral College, it's about the number of games that you win. 
which is the 50 states. Um, that add up to 270 electoral votes, and they just can't get their head around that. And it's it's interesting to me that nobody ever calls out Hillary Clinton on that. You know, they all bash Donald Trump because he says he won, right? And nobody remembers that Hillary Clinton has gone around this country saying that she won in 2016. Yeah. Yep, and she said it for a while, too. I mean, honestly. I don't know that she has ever acknowledged that Donald Trump yeah. won in yeah. 2016. All she tried to do was illegally throw roadblocks in his way and, and got, of course, uh, the Justice Department and the FBI involved in all that and the Obama administration and Joe Biden. It's amazing. All this stuff is coming out now. It's it's just interesting times that we live in. Yet I know, Kurt, that you are more focused on on what happens to shopping carts in parking lots. And I ran across this. It's I, I put it in the notes as the cart Nazi. That's not right. It's the cart narc. Right? Cart narcs. Yeah. Cart narcs. And I, this came across in, in my show prep stuff for KFKF. And I ran the um, the Curb Your Enthusiasm music under it, you know, like Larry David, because this has got a Larry David Curb Your Enthusiasm episode written all over it. I mean, they, this is like Seinfeld stuff. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, the, the carts in the, in the uh, parking lot at the grocery store. You could write a whole episode around this. <laughs> and apparently this guy does this all the time, right? Yeah. Yeah, he does. It's, uh, it's really good stuff. So this guy, um, he travels the entire country and he accosts people who don't return their shopping carts and he has i mean you'll see we'll watch the clip this one is actually in shiny kansas which is why i picked it to watch uh and the guy has a mahomes jersey on this is one of the biggest videos he has on his channel <laughs> and so it's four minutes long but uh once we get through like three minutes it'll basically we can cut it off but this right. is uh the cart narcs we're in surveillance mode stealth mode here in Arcateers. uh we try to watch them through the glass of another just by the way inside car surveillance through the glass of another uh, vehicle so they can't really make out our form again much like a cheetah in the wild will blend in with the <laughs> all right here we go you haven't seen this right i have not that's not where the cars go that's the mulch i've done that before by the way put my cart Carter on the little right island what's that you left your cart on the mulch so so that's how <laughs> they get like the wheels so? all gunked up they had the cart returns for a reason right so uh, I don't get what you're fucking doing. You want me to quit shopping here? Because I oh yeah, language. No, no, I don't work for the, the store. I work for the cart narcs. Let me explain real quick. See, again, this is one of our more minor infractions. You didn't leave it blocking the spot or anything, but uh. uh why don't you get me on camera? Hi! I put my fucking cart in the mulch. <laughs> <That's not. laughs> Let's see what you think. Nick, flag. Let me go flag. So he puts the, the he puts oh, the, no. the flag on the motherfucker off my oh, truck right now. See what it says. Can you read it? It says I don't return my shopping cart like a jerk. I don't return my shopping cart well, like a jerk. Are you gonna leave it on there permanently? Well, no. I, Do you want to fucking pay for a new paintbrush? I'm gonna tell you what. Sir, it's a uh -oh. suction. Here he comes. Look out. From me right now. Sir, let's let's get the fuck away from me. Why are you being right so angry, sir? Fucking now. Sir, you're not acting like Patrick Mahomes would want you. To. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, man. You should, because you're, you're representing Patrick Mahomes right now. You got his jersey on. I don't get you. Well, I'm a, a fucking weirdo. Get the fuck away from me. You're, Turn around you, and walk away. You're saying get away from me, but you've watched like 20 steps toward me. You understand the irony of that, Mr. Mahomes, or sir? Although I doubt you are much My name's Mr. Fucking Ferris, asshole. <laughs> okay, well, thank you, Mr. Ferris. Would you do me a favor, Mr. Ferris? Go do your job and narc uh, me out. This is my job. Go, go get me. Go, go narc me out. That's what I'm trying to do. Do you understand? <laughs> I don't know if there's some... I, think I we... guarantee I'll start shopping somewhere else till Walmart and be fucked to me. Well, I don't work for them. 
Uh-oh. Are you gonna get the fuck away from my vehicle? As soon as you take your cart back, I absolutely will. Well, I'm not taking my cart back. Why not? Let's ask for that. Why? Well, here, you want my address so you can send me a fucking bill? There's no bill. It's, <laughs> it's, about, it's a bill of personal responsibility. It's called being ethical and nice. <laughs> Here. By the way, what does this damage your paint? It's a suck. my truck with that motherfucker again, and I will go inside, and we'll have a fucking problem. Wait, why are we going to have a problem inside? Well, because I'm going to talk to your motherfucking manager. No, I'm going to tell you for the fourth time. I don't work there. I work for the cart <laughs> I work for the cart We these. We'll go with a magnet instead. How about that? Oh. Oh. oh, oh. He's trying to hit me. Oh, Thank no. God we... Let's get him on the back side. Yeah. Oh, How does Jesus this guy Christmas. not get shot? Right? <laughs> he's, yeah, he's really, yeah. This guy's getting all sorts of fast and furious over here. I'm just asking him to take his cart back. Wow. So he drives crazy, away, sir. and this happens in a lot, oh, too. Now, you saw, you've heard the cursing, right? First off, I can tell you're a, a responsible person. You came from the gym, probably, right? So he puts his, he puts his cart up on the, on the mulch. I say, hey, man, that's not where the carts go. That's how the wheels get all gunked up. People cry about, you know, oh, why are the wheels all messed up, right? Because people are throwing up on the mulch. And I said, hey, man, I said, very politely, as you saw, the cart returns right there. And then he goes with the FUs and they're trying to run me over and stuff. You heard him the whole time, Mr. Ferris. But, <laughs> exactly. That's that's pretty pretty much it. Yeah. But in a lot of the videos, he uh, he'll like have someone get really mad, and then somebody else will walk up and he'll be like, "You saw that? You saw it?" <laughs> I'm so, yeah. serious though. In this environment that we live in now. Yeah. I mean, that guy's going to get shot. Sometime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's putting himself out there for sure but uh he's he's doing the lord's work man it's well, it's, it's great it's one of my favorite youtube channels yeah. i've seen like every one of those i've copped to it you know on a really cold day that didn't look like a really cold day if it's a really cold day and there's mulch nearby and the cart's not going to roll away i've put the front two wheels into the mulch shame i know shame I, and and now anytime i think about doing it kurt i think of you well, think of the cartnarks. Yeah. Well, it sounds like a new job for you maybe <laughs> yeah. down the road because it's like your yeah. deal here. Are they taking applications? First world problems. Harry and Megan can't use archetypes as the title of their podcast, trademarked by an Arizona company. Um, God, are we okay? Because we didn't go to the U.S. Patent Office. We only went to the state of Missouri. So, you know, is Dale Carter's America possibly trademarked somewhere else? Are we going to get in trouble? Is does the uh, the Chiefs football player have a podcast called Dale Carter's America? I think the otherwise we're former probably, chief. Former chief, sorry. Otherwise, yeah. I think we're probably good. Yeah, and I, I always played it this way with him. I'm older than him, and I had the name first. Oh yeah. So you know, um, I did start watching Suits, the the show that Meghan Markle is in. It's oh, on really? Netflix. All the seasons of it are on there, and she's she's not a main player in the show, you know, but. It's a pretty good show. Is I it like, like it. an older show then? It's uh, it's not that old, mm. um, but it's it's kind of a one of those legal shows, kind of like Boston Legal, yeah. or L.A. Law, something like that. Yeah. yeah, I file this one under things I don't care about because I archetypes. I, yeah, I could yeah. I couldn't care less about okay. Harry and Meghan. Personally. Do we care about Putin and what his status is right now? I mean, yeah, I care I care about that. That's crazy. Over the weekend, you know the uh, the mercenaries that he basically sent into Ukraine turned on him like a Greek waiter and, you know, started rumbling toward Moscow. And then something happened and they stopped. We don't know where the leader is right now. Putin released a video. Um, is this the beginning of the end for Vladimir Putin? I don't know, man. He's like a cat. Is this his ninth life? Or is it he was hard. It was hard for me to, you know, I had a busy weekend and I was out of town and doing a lot of stuff and I'm seeing stuff on Twitter about this. And I'm just like, I don't have the energy to follow this, to be completely honest. But you know, it seemed like there was 
kind of this military coup thing that was going to happen, but then they like didn't really do anything and they right. turned around and left. And then, you know, you had the media reporting on it like, oh, it's terrible. You know, it's a coup. But then it's like anti-Putin. So then they kind of, some of them turned around and were in favor of it. And it's like, I, I mean, it's just, uh, it seems like kind of a, you know, the attention span of a squirrel. Like people just want to have, you know, they, they want Putin to be taken down. They want to have something to talk about with Russia. They don't want to talk about, you know, last week. I don't know if you saw this. Um, they had the, uh, there was like an accounting error that gave an extra six point something billion dollars to Ukraine. Did you see that? I did not see that. Yeah, nobody's talking about that. Um, nobody's talking about all the money that we're sending over. Uh, I posted something to the Facebook page. Um, let's see if I can find it here real quick. Uh, Zelensky was saying that he's going to stop having elections until the, uh, yeah, here it is. That seems really democratic. Yeah, right. So uh, Zelensky has stated that there won't be a presidential election in Ukraine before the end of the war. And then this this pro-Ukrainian, you know, Twitter account says, it's nothing unusual. Great Britain also suspended their elections during World War II. The election was originally scheduled to be held in the spring of 2024. So nobody's talking about that. You know, I mean, it seems kind of suspicious. There's just all kinds of weird stuff going on here. But as far as Putin goes, it's got to be the beginning of the end. I mean, he's been in power for like 20 years. He's like 78 or something like that. Right? Yeah, but he's also very popular, man. You know, I mean, his, his, he's popular his, his because approval they, rating is well, much higher than Joe Biden's. <laughs> well, but it's because the Russians are living in, in ignorance. And what happened over the weekend was all of a sudden that ignorance was lifted a little bit because they were rolling tanks down the streets in Moscow setting up roadblocks for what they thought was going to be an invasion of 25,000 troops. So somebody in Moscow is probably asking, gosh, are things really that good? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't speak for the Russian people because I don't know any of them, but uh, you'd have to think if his approval is so high, I mean, there's got to be a legitimate reason for that. You know, I mean, he is very pro-Russian. You know, he's looking out for the best interests of his country in his mind, and he has a lot of support, so... I mean, that makes sense to me. Well, it's certainly a mess on the world stage, and Ukraine's a big mess, and it's just, I don't know, it's all coming apart. But we continue to follow it here on Dale Carter's America, and that was just the hors d'oeuvre for today's episode. We thank our sponsors, including Medicare Simplified KC. You can find them on the web at MedicareSimplifiedKC.com. They're at 3600 South Nolan Road. On the phone, get this phone number down, especially if you're about to turn 65 or you've got a parent who's about to turn 65 because Medicare, because we deal with the federal government on this, it is a mess. I mean, it's just, it, it's like untangling stereo wires in the back of your stereo. It's like the wiring in this building, which, you know, is subject to a flood. That's another issue. Um, 816-701-6661, MedicareSimplifiedKC.com. These are great folks who take all of this confusion and simplify it in your best interest. They have in-home appointments available. They help folks determine the most cost-effective ways to fill the holes of Medicare because there are going to be holes in Medicare. They've helped thousands of folks right here in the Kansas City area navigate the Medicare maze, and they will help you as well. And after you've dealt with Kirk Doris and his wonderful staff there, um, then you can go have some pizza. 
Go celebrate the fact that you guys figured out Medicare with the help of Medicare Simplified KC. Go to Funhouse Pizza. They're in 50 Highway in uh, Lee's Summit, 7 Highway in Blue Springs. Get a big old pie. Um, Jim Dingman likes to pile those toppings up really high. So if you like a lot of toppings on your pizza, you're going to love Funhouse Pizza. Get a cold beverage. Uh, Maybe you're going to do a family reunion this summer. Funhouse Pizza is a fantastic place to do that. Um, You got your uh, Little League Baseball team. Everybody, they always have a banquet at the end of Little League Baseball. What better place to have it than Funhouse Pizza, Lee's Summit, and Blue Springs. We appreciate them uh, being on with us at Dale Carter's America. I set up the next thing as under the headline, the umbrella, if you will, of they're always wrong. Mm. They're always wrong. Name the issue on a national level, and they are always on the wrong side of it. And I didn't necessarily want that to be the case. We started this podcast the day that Joe Biden was inaugurated. If you go back and listen to episode one, I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt. He gave us great speech that day, all about unity and bringing us all together. What has he done since then, Kurt, to bring us all together? Uh, I don't know. He's called half of America domestic terrorists. <laughs> and uh, and he's turned you know, MAGA into a slur, yeah. which, you know, again, we, we break down the acronym on that. MAGA is Make America Great Again. Yes. How is that a bad thing? I don't think it is. Okay. Well, here's a couple of three issues that that I put under this umbrella. Let's start with education. You know, I've always had a problem with the Federal Department of Education. Education standards in this country have been slipping ever since there's been a Federal Department of Education. I believe education is a local issue. Always will believe that. Uh, Any problem that we have in America is best handled closest to the source. And education is you, your kids, and your teachers, and your local school board. What the federal government has to do with that, all they can do is is hold it hostage. Basically say, if you don't do what we say, we'll withhold federal funding. And so many school districts bend the knee to that. Uh, but to the specifics, math and reading scores continue to plummet. Math saw the biggest decline since federal testing started in 1973. So we're reading at a poorer level. Our math skills are at a poorer level. Um The basics of education are going downhill quickly. Yeah. But what is happening in schools? Indoctrination. They care more about, you know, pronouns and uh, all this woke crap than the basics of education. And I hate to keep reminding people of this, but China is kicking our ass. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're, uh, getting the next generation of engineers ready for World War III. (laughs) You know? I mean, it's, it's... I laugh, but it's it's not that funny. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, and I, I think just like again, why why would you send your kids to to public school? I mean, if if you don't absolutely have to, you know, if you if you have no other option, maybe you're able to find a school, or maybe you live in an area that is is actually doing a better job. That's fine, but uh, otherwise, you know, why send your kids to public school? It's just it's it's a total waste. They're not learning anything. They're actually probably learning things that are bad. So uh, stop doing it. We um, had Natalie on yesterday that we recorded for next week while I'm gone on vacation, and I had lunch with her afterwards, and we were digging even a little bit deeper. And she was like, "Ron DeSantis scares me." First of all. No candidate for president of the United States ought to scare you. Joe Biden doesn't scare me. 
Uh, does he confound me sometimes with what he says? Do I disagree with him on policy issues? I do. But he doesn't scare me. He doesn't scare you either, does he, Kurt? No, I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it, it depends on what yeah. you mean by that, I guess. Well, but. and I, I'm like, why does DeSantis scare you? Well, he's banning books down in Florida. And I'm like, Natalie, dig below the headlines, please. And I told her about Pritzker up in Illinois and um, how we were leaning into that. I, I'm starting to do that more, Kurt. I, I, you've given me kind of a new path on some of this stuff. Lean into it a little bit. So when Pritzker said, you know, we won't ban books in Illinois, only dictatorships do that, I said, great. So we'll start sending porn to kids kindergartners. Yeah. Because they're books, why would you want to limit them? Uh, which is what DeSantis is doing down in Florida to five, six, and seven-year-olds. And why is DeSantis making this an issue? Because the left is cramming it down his throat. Yeah, he's, All he's doing is playing defense. They're cramming it down everyone's throats. That's that's the the nature of the culture war. And they are wrong. And again, I point out that math scores are plummeting. Reading scores are plummeting. And China is kicking our ass. They are wrong in how they are doing this. And we've got to get our hands around this. Here's another place they're wrong. Um, the Minnesota Attorney General, that is the home uh, base for Target. And you know, Target kind of stepped in it. They had this um, line of clothing for uh, Pride Month. And they, they, they went all the way down to like little kid stuff, you know, infant wear. Yeah. In in pride stuff. Tucking tucking uh yeah. bottoms for, for little kids. And and the backlash was predictable, right? Yeah. And so they, being a retailer, said, oops, we stepped in it and they started to pull some of that back. Well now the Minnesota Attorney General threatens Target and says there might be sanctions against them in their home state for pulling back on the pride line. Yeah. Is that not overreach of the government? I mean, yeah, it's, but it's like it's it's interesting how you know we we talk about big government versus small government, and that is important. But it's it's also kind of broader than that. It's like, what are we using the government for? What what is good? What what should we be promoting as a society? You know, because there is a role for the government to be promoting certain things. Maybe not by force, but you know, we want to advocate for good things. We want to discourage bad things. And the left is using the government to actively advocate for bad things. And, you know, now this, this thing in uh, Minnesota, um, you know, it's, I'm, tr I'm looking for the uh, specific quote here that he said, um, blah, blah, blah. Well, the government of Minnesota does not have a role in what target puts on their shelves or decides to take off their shelves. That's my point. Yeah. 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 Um, so, well, let me ask you this while we're talking about why they are always wrong. One of the things that DeSantis has come out with, he said that he will declare our Southern border, a national, uh, emergency on day one, if he's elected president, he'll send troops to the border. What do you think? I think that's great. Yeah. And he, here's an area where I might have a little disagreement with him. And, and Trump has said this before too. Trump was president for four years and did not pull this particular trigger. Um, but uh, birthright citizenship is, is a big issue. Mm -hmm. And DeSantis says he would end that with an executive order. Trump said the same thing and he wouldn't do it. Quite frankly, I think that's unconstitutional. Um, if you look at the 14th Amendment of the Constitution, it pretty much says that if you're born in this country, you're a citizen. And, and they did that because folks back then were saying that um, blacks who were brought here against their will during slavery weren't citizens. 
And yeah. if, if you were born to a slave, you weren't a citizen. So the 14th Amendment kind of cleaned that up. But in the original text of the Constitution, I think it's pretty clear that if you're born here, you are a citizen. Well, in the 14th Amendment, that's more or less what it states. I mean, there's uh, there's some nuance there, and there's been – I don't have all the information, but there's been people that have kind of read that amendment different ways. But maybe that's something that we need to look at reforming or, or changing, you know. And there's a lot of uh, bills or amendments that were passed in older times, you know, right. where, where we were dealing with the civil rights movement or uh, women's suffrage or whatever – that are kind of either not relevant now or are being used actively for the wrong reasons now that maybe we should revisit. And I think that's a good one because, you know, the goal of that was, like you said, for uh, slaves or other people brought here against their will to their children to be able to be American citizens. But now we have people coming across the border illegally who are pregnant just so that they can give birth in America so that their kid will be a citizen and then they can stay here to take care of that kid and then receive benefits for that kid. So it's being totally bastardized and, and something needs to be done about it. Well, and if we have to, right. if it needs to be a, 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 an amendment, you know, through Congress, then that's something we should look at. But I, I do think that it needs to, something needs to be done about it. What I don't like hearing, and, and hopefully DeSantis wasn't saying this, that just with one felt swoop, we're going to take away birthright citizenship. Um, if they want to make it more nuanced and say that, you know, if you come here illegally with the purpose of having a baby here so that they would be a citizen, maybe that's something we could look at. I don't know. But it just it seemed to be painting with a really broad brush to say that birthright citizenship is going to go away. Yeah. I mean, it would be something like if you're an American citizen or if you're here legally and have a child, then that child will be a citizen, yeah. but not just broadly speaking, yeah. you know, any, I mean, I was born here. in Indiana. I consider that birthright citizenship. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Of course. Of course. <laughs> but right. your parents were also, I'm assuming American citizens and lived were. here, you know, for their whole, entire lives too. So, well, John McCain, for instance, the Senator from Arizona ran for president. I think he was born in the Panama canal district and, you know, it, he was obviously an American citizen. He ran for president. Mm -hmm. So we move on. Another place that they are just dead flat ass wrong is over um, boys being able to determine that they are girls and go into that girls' locker room and play on the girls' team. I just, it's an upside down world, Kurt. Who in their right mind thinks that this is okay? Yet Democrats, again, they are always wrong. And Riley Gaines, she really held her own uh, in uh, front of the uh, Senate committee that she was testifying in front of. She schooled people like Dick Durbin. What an idiot. What an asshole. I mean, Dick Durbin is the guy, if you want to peel back some layers, he compared our troops to um, Paul Pot and, and Cambodia right, who killed millions of people. He compared our troops to that and had to walk that back. I don't know what kind of clips you have here, but I just thought Riley Gaines did a Im very impressive job on Capitol Hill. Yeah, this is her uh, testifying, uh, being asked questions by Senator Lee um, from Utah. It's not transphobic to acknowledge how women deserve respect, how we deserve safety, how we deserve fairness. We deserve our keeping our dignity. It's not transphobic to say that. Um, it, it's not transphobic to say that you can't change your sex. Sex is down to a chromosomal level, and that's not something that can be changed, and that matters in sports. Your biology, that, sports is the one area where that, your sexual chromosomes matter. Um, 
and again, I'll, I'll echo Harley's message as well, is you're not alone. The overwhelming majority of people regarding this issue of fairness in women's sports agree that having men in women's sports is wrong and that it's unfair and it's a violation to, again, our privacy and rights to safety as women. Um, so that would be my message, to be bold, be empowered, and before anything, stand firm in the truth, biological truth. Are you transphobic, Riley? That is simply not true. Do you hold anything against transgendered persons? Absolutely not. I agree Leah Thomas was following the rules set in place by the NCAA, and I have no problem with Leah Thomas. Um, I, I do believe there's a bit of selfishness and narcissism and entitlement surrounding this person in regards to the utter disregard that Thomas displayed for us in these situations. But I have no animosity towards Thomas. My problem is the NCAA. My problem is the Biden administration pushing a rewrite of Title IX. That is my problem, and that's why I'm here. That's why this issue has become political for me, because I realize that legislation is the way you curb these things. Um, I, I can't believe it's come to this, but I have no hate in my heart f towards anyone, even the, the protesters who mobbed me. The first thing that I did was prayed for them. Um, I saw the soullessness, the vengeance, the violence in their eyes, and they do it in the name of love and inclusion and acceptance and tolerance and welcoming and embracing diversity, but they did not embrace my diverse thought. Um, that, to me, was what hate looked like. Nothing in my heart is hateful. How about the... What do you think of that? Yeah, I think it's great. She's hitting a home run there. Um, and I don't know if you have a clip on this, but, but she was telling the story about how she and Leah Thomas um, tied in a race, and they went backstage. They only had one trophy, and um, they said that you can hold it for a second, but we're going to give it to Leah. Uh, and she's like, why? It was a tie. And it's like, well, because, you know, we think it's it's fairer to, to you know, keep promoting this narrative that this man who basically undresses in front of you with and once it's untucked, I understand it's fairly, you know, out there, so to speak, um, is, you know, really a woman. And we've got to keep promoting that. Otherwise, we're all going to be called transphobic. So we've got to basically believe that men can play women's sports and if you don't believe it, you're transphobic. Yeah, and, and it's just the whole notion of, of transphobic or, or whatever, it's it's just really missing the point. It's like, no, we don't hate anybody, but we acknowledge objective reality. And it goes so much further than sports. It's just like the, the, the basic biology of, of, uh, of being a human being. And uh, yeah, it's it's unfortunate that it's come to this. And it's, it's very sad, but... You know, I thought she did a good job as well. Um, and yeah, we'll see what happens. She had some very emotional testimony on Capitol Hill uh, when she talked about what it was like to confront a male in her locker room, you know, in, in a place where, you know, uh, women athletes are taking off their swimsuits and all of a sudden there's a guy mm -hmm. and, you know, he's completely frontally nude in front of them. Yeah. And, and, and you have to, and again, if you don't, if you don't buy into the fiction that this man who is undressing in front of you is a woman, you're transphobic. Yeah. And one other thing that she said in that clip that we just watched that I really, that really resonates with me is she was talking about the anger and like just vitriolic, like vicious hatred that comes from these people when, where, you know, not all, but uh, from a large portion of, of the people on the other side of this debate when you bring up questions or have criticism, uh, I don't think we do that. You know, we we're very uh, even handed. You know, we we are talking about facts. We're talking and we're open to to discussing it with anybody. But uh, you know, she has 
dealt with a lot of hate at the school that she was uh, that she was at at I think UPenn right is the school uh, in Philadelphia right well so and they like chased her into a classroom they were trying to said they were going to kill her you know they had security come to escort her out and it's so true I mean it happens all over the place it happens you know even in our communities and I have a a friend actually um, shout out to Jacob if you're watching this he uh, lives in Springfield. And he did a video at the Pride Festival in Springfield, and uh, he was just asking questions, basically. And he's been uh, viciously, viciously attacked. Has been tried to, they've tried to get him fired. They've, you know, canceled all of his gigs. He can't play music with anybody anymore. And it just shows that there's no level of criticism allowed. You have to totally buy into the narrative, or else you're just like you're the worst person ever, and they'll come after you. Well, you know, one of the things I'd always heard growing up is that the person who basically swears first or fights first basically has lost the argument. And if you can't go toe to toe on the arguments here um, and tell us where we're wrong. Um, then you're the loser in all this. And, you know, just calling people names and chasing people down and threatening them, uh, what does that accomplish other yeah. than revealing the fact that you don't have the facts on your side? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if anything, it probably turns more people to your opposition, you know, because they're going to be a little bit more even-handed. They're going to be asking questions instead of calling names and making threats, and people will start to identify with that more because they're like, oh, well, this person actually seems you know, sane, like they have their stuff together and you're screaming like a, right. a banshee. Well, you know, we, we don't have a, you know, full of shit award this week, but if we were going to give one out, I would give it to Dick Durbin because in his testimony or his questioning of Riley Gaines, he basically accused her of, of getting little kids to commit suicide uh, based on her testimony, that even discussing this is making little kids who might be confused about what sex they are uh, to commit suicide. So Dick Durbin of the state of Illinois, we can't really give you the the full-blown trophy and all that uh but if we were going to give out a full of shit award you would get it this week can i still play the bumper oh absolutely <laughs> sure you're full of shit all right thank now, you guys. Shush. you are speaking shit to me you full of shit you understand that you full of shit <laughs> and it is presented by our friends at Midwest GI Health and Wellness, Dr. Mark Taramina, who is a big fan of the podcast and loves hosting this segment. Uh, but I'm telling you, once you get your colonoscopy, you'll be cleaned out, clean as a whistle for a while. Uh, and you'll probably lose seven pounds while you do it. But the most important thing and the serious thing here that we want to talk about is uh, getting that scope when you're 45 or older. If you haven't had one and you're 45, get it scheduled. They'll take great care of you. And, you know, if you got some polyps, they'll get those things tested and you'll be ahead of the game. And you can prevent colon cancer with this. And colon cancer is a killer. And if you don't catch it, it will kill you. So Dr. Mark Taramina and his staff there at MidwestGIHealth.com, they're ready to help you get this done. If you know somebody who is 45 or older and has not had the colonoscopy, shame them into making the call. 816-836-2200. 816-836-2200. Midwest GI Health and Wellness serving Lee Summit and Eastern Jackson County. I would say, too, just real quick, um, you know, since we started uh, working with Midwest GI Health, I've, I'm sure you have too, but I've talked to like a couple people around the office and stuff. And I, my understanding is that the technology has like really improved. People have this concept of a colonoscopy mm. in their head that it's this like super painful, uncomfortable thing. It's not, not at and all. And it's not anymore. It's, it, it's like, you know, the people 
uh, from the office here, like I said, that I've talked to that I've gotten it recently. They're like, you you know, you wake up and like you don't feel anything. I mean, it's you're now, back to normal immediately. Propofol is what they use, and it's basically like taking a nap. Yeah. Um, that wasn't the issue. For, for most people who go through this, Kurt, the issue is going to be um, the prep. Because basically they ship you some stuff. It's it's almost like Drano for your body. Right. So you know, just to warn everybody who hasn't had one of these yet, you will be on the crapper for an entire day, <laughs> and when you think you're done, you're not done. Well, I'm trying to downplay it here. <laughs> I'm just, that's the bad part. But once you yeah. again, you lose seven pounds, probably seven yeah. pounds of crap that's in your body. So you get it all out, okay? And then you go in, you take a little nap, you wake up, and then Doctor Taramina is going to be there to tell you the good news. Yes, that you know either you're clean as a whistle and you can come back in ten years, or we found a couple of polyps. We're going to test those, and we need to look at it again in five years. And Colon cancer is completely preventable if you get out in front of it. Um, Royal Roofing and Solar, the roof over the over my house. It's not quite done yet. Uh, in fact, I'm glad I work in radio because even in a place where it flooded over the weekend, we still have air conditioning in here. God love air conditioning. <laughs> as long as Joey B lets us run the air conditioning, we're going to. Um, it's going to be hot as hell in Kansas City tomorrow when the folks from Royal Roofing and Solar are putting on my brand new roof. God love them. Uh, and when we come back from vacation, I'll have some pictures. I'll show you before and after what it looked like. Uh, but Austin Watterson and his team, uh, they do a fantastic job. And I know because they've already done part of my roof back when we had a collapse on the second floor. Uh, but they're going to do the rest of the roof, get rid of that old um, shake shingle roof that I've had for many, many years that's falling apart in pieces. And I'm going to get a brand new roof from Royal Roofing and Solar. You need a roof over your house? You thinking about solar? Thinking about generating? Generating your own power. Austin Watterson's the guy to talk to. 816-540-7057. 816-540-7057. Royal Roofing and Solar, the roof over my house. Okay. Um, we get the government that we deserve. We talk about that a lot. Um, and I'm going to make this more local for this segment. Um, but there's a property tax revolt going on in Jackson County. There's been a um, class action suit filed over how the county has conducted their assessments. Taxes in Jackson County, Kurt, have just gone through the roof. And um, yet, I find this interesting. Frank White was reelected overwhelmingly, I think, right? Mm -hmm. Even though the star endorsed his Republican opponent. And if you can think about that for a second, for the Kansas City star, the bastion of liberalism here in the great Midwest, for them to cross the aisle and actually endorse a Republican running against Frank White, you know that had to be painful for them. Yeah, But, no but they did it, right? Yeah. Um, and still, Jackson County votes overwhelmingly for Frank White, and now we get our property tax assessments, and everybody is pissed. Yeah. There's a, a couple of videos um, that some of our local outlets did here, so I'd like to pull one up. Cause sure. You know, there, there was a lot of testimony. Uh, people went to the to the um, city council meeting or whatever it was, and, and county were, legislature, right? Yeah, yeah. And they were they were griping about it. So let's see what they have to say. Whoa, sound for appeal extensions and chain personal struggles and paying an increased bill on a fixed income. In fact, one couple showed KSHP 41's making abundance why they're fighting for a lower assessment. From the Jackson County Courthouse. Last year to this year, my property taxes has tripled. A room packed full of people. There wasn't room for everyone. We want to be treated fairly. Where is the transparency? 
Where is the accountability? What they all had in common, a worry of what's to come. From 110,000 on my home to 542 on my home. But that's a significant chunk of money. I just see people having strokes and heart attacks worrying about how they're going to pay these taxes. Elected leaders listened, but... I am disappointed that the people who really are in charge are not here to hear us. That's Judy Roberts. Her home property tax assessment went up. That's not a surprise, but what was took us to her neighborhood in Raytown. All the houses around here were out in the cul-de-sac waving our, our assessments saying, have you gotten yours? Have you gotten yours? Specifically, the shed in her backyard built 60 years ago. We had to come out to Raytown to look at the shed because $35,000 shed, what do you believe it's worth? thousand dollars that's what it would cost to have it torn down wow. this is what they're saying is worth thirty five thousand wow. dollars dirt floor holes and termites she and her husband rick are in their 80s they say they haven't upgraded their home and this is something they can't wait around to pay they seem to have targeted the elderly it really mm. seems that way and it seems to me there are other counties in Missouri and in all the other states where the elderly are given breaks. Here's the break Jackson County gave us. We can make our outstanding payments in four payments. In Raytown, I'm Megan Abundance. Wow. Well, you know, and again, I would like to ask all those people who testified in front of the legislature, how many of you voted for Frank White? Yeah. How many of you voted Democrat? Because you're, you're getting exactly what you voted for. You're getting the government that you deserve. I, I had a question, and I'm going to do a little research on this. I don't, You know how we talked about there are some counties in Oregon that are looking to secede from Oregon yeah, we and join about Idaho? Yeah, a couple of months ago, I think. Yeah, I don't know where that stands, but that seems like that is a really heavy lift to get that done. Mm. My question is, what would it take for eastern Jackson County to secede from Jackson County and set up our own county? Mm. You know, um, because we're being tipped by what's going on in the city. I, I think that's what's happening. The, the the bulk of the population of Jackson County is in the city, and that's why Frank White got elected, reelected overwhelmingly. But again, you get the you get the government that you deserve. As far as the city goes, Quentin Lucas won by thirty five thousand votes. My God, I can't believe there were thirty five thousand votes cast in that election. <laughs> yeah. He won by a landslide. Yet he has no answers for the violence. We had another mass shooting here over the weekend. We had a bunch of people killed in that same area that I talk about all the time. It's it's I-70 bordered on the north. It's Brush Creek on the south. And it's bookended by 71 Highway and 435. And that's where the, the violence is going on. And yet Quentin Lucas wins overwhelmingly. And his only answer is to wring his hands, Kurt, and say, well, I don't know what we're going to do. I mean, uh, we need to pass more gun laws. Yeah. And he's, like, responding on to people on Twitter that have, like, 18 likes on their posts, you know, talking about we need more gun laws. And I don't know. It's just... They voted for him, though. They must yeah. think he's doing a bang-up job. I mean, I heard a pundit over the weekend, and I am not making this up, who said, well, you know, the Chiefs have won two Super Bowls while he's been mayor. <laughs> Um, he's got his picture up at the airport, which he had zero to do with. Yeah. He had nothing to do with that. Yet when you come out of, have you flown through KCI? The new one. Yeah. Yeah. So have you gotten baggage? Uh, no. Okay. Well, when you go down, down the escalator to get your baggage, basically you are confronted by. No, I saw it. I saw it. We walked right past it going Ginormous portrait of Quentin Lucas. Yeah. Who had nothing to do with it. 
What does he have to do with? Um, well, let's see. Paving streets, getting potholes fixed. Oh, and our murder rate, which makes us one of the most dangerous cities in America. Yeah, top five, I believe. What is he doing about it? Now, it's not all his fault. Um, he's got a prosecutor in Jackson County who I call Turnstile Jean because she'll just put you right back out on the street again. She made an announcement, Jean Peters Baker, that she will not run for re-election. Hi, Kansas City. I'm Rick Ford. Oh, no. The- Add. I clicked on it. Continue. Continue. Oh, I was going to say, she will not run for re-election in Back 17 months. Yeah. Okay. That's 17 more months that criminals can basically kind of take it easy, kick back, don't worry about harsh sentencing. Um, And then what? Is anybody paying attention? Are you just going to rinse and repeat and put somebody else in there who is going to put criminals ahead of victims and put them right back out on the street? And then they don't understand, Kurt. They just don't get it. They are wrong all the time. They put these people back out on the street and they say, well, I mean, they're a felon now. They can't get a gun. That's illegal. They're criminals. (laughs) Do you not get that? They are criminals. Yeah. Well, they get guns and they uh, keep killing people. I mean, look at the recidivism rate that we have in this country. It's not just in Kansas City. It's nationwide. You know, uh, it's it's depending on the place. It's in the 60, 70, 80 percent. And most of these people, we see it time and time again. We have. A murder happened, you know, a little kid gets shot, somebody gets run over in a road rage incident, somebody, you know, there's gang violence, and we find out, oh, this guy's been to jail six times, and here he is out on the street killing someone. Whatever happened, and I want to do some research on this, because didn't we have a three strikes rule in this country for a while, that if you, you pull that third strike, you're going away forever? I mean, I would do it on the first strike. You kill somebody with a gun, it's murder, you're out. I mean, I've talked about that I don't know how many times, and I think we would fix it in one generation. But didn't we have a three strikes rule? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's a, a federal thing or not, because a lot of it depends on, you know, your local county prosecutors and your, your local uh, laws and things like that. But uh, I don't know. I, I, could we take that over federally to some extent and, and make it more harsh? I don't know. I don't know, but something's got to be done because this is not fixing itself. And you Democrats wringing your hands saying we need yet one more gun law isn't getting it done. You, you what you know? We were talking to Natalie again, and I think this is going to be in the podcast next week. And she's like, "Well, assault rifles." And you and I talk about this all the time. What the hell's an assault rifle? Right? I mean, you asked it right away. I don't. I don't want to spoil anything yeah, 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 from yeah. the podcast, but, but yeah. Do you think that these murders that are happening in Kansas City are happening with assault rifles? Even if with that broad definition, yep. they're happening with handguns. And even if they are happening with quote unquote assault rifles, where are they getting them? Uh, does it really matter? It I mean, doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. The, it's a human being committing a crime. Yeah. Okay. And the Biden administration will tell you, oh, you don't need to have these weapons of war. We've talked about this before, too. 9-11 showed us that a box cutter in an airplane is a weapon of war. Yeah. What happened in Oklahoma City showed us that a dump truck full of fertilizer yeah. is a weapon of war. I mean, you know, somebody who is going to do something bad, they've got evil in their heart, box them up and ship them away. We don't need them in polite society. And until we get our head around that, uh, this is not going to change. Um, back to the government that we reserve on the federal level, the government we deserve on the federal level. If you will go along with me, and, and I know Donald Trump, every time he gets a chance to get in front of a microphone, will tell you that he won the 2020 election. Okay. I am a Republican. I'm a conservative who does not believe that. 
Uh, I think he had every legal challenge out there. He did everything he could, and I told him he should. I was on on my own show on KFKF saying, take every avenue, go to every court, get everything done that you can get done. Um, he didn't win. Biden won. So we deserve Joe Biden. He is the president of the United States. So everything that's happening right now, you voted for it. And, and I just... Maybe not all of you voted for it. Maybe very few of you voted for it, but enough voted for it. So here we go again. You've got Donald Trump now. He's been indicted three times. It's probably going to be four by the time Georgia weighs in. You got Joe Biden. The the WhatsApp thing. You've been following that, right? Mm-mm. So uh, WhatsApp is is basically saying that. Um, uh, Joe Biden was in the room with Hunter when Hunter was basically putting the screws to Chinese people to get money, and the big guy was right there, and yet Biden continues to say, you know, he didn't have anything to do with his kid's business. This thing is unraveling. Even the mainstream media now is starting to pay attention. The uh, message, I just quickly pulled something up here on Twitter, according to this tweet here. Breaking White House National Security Council coordinator walks out after being asked about Hunter Biden's WhatsApp messages with China implicating President Biden. The message, I'm sitting here with my father and we would like to understand why the commitment made was not fulfilled. Tell the director I would like to resolve this now before it gets out of hand and now means tonight. And G, if I get a call or text from anyone involved in this other than you, Zhang, or the chairman, I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows and my ability to forever hold a grudge that you will regret not following my direction. I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father. What a mess. Yeah. And it's it's unraveling. And, you know, we got a long way to go until the Democrat convention. And you got uh, RFK Jr. out there, who a lot of people look at as a fringe candidate. I know you're liking him more and more. I kind of like him uh, for a Democrat. I mean, he's the guy who's basically saying that Biden went in there and undid everything Trump did, and everything Trump did was not bad. Um, and now <laughs> there's video of him out there. Do you remember when Biden said, you know, how many push-ups can you do, pal? Yeah. Yeah. So apparently... RFK Jr. is like ripped. Yeah. He's look, at, ten, look at this guy. He's 10 years older than me, Kurt. <laughs> yeah. And I guarantee you, if I take my shirt off, I'm not going to look like that. No, me neither. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm a lot younger. <laughs> yeah. So the, the video is out there of him like pumping iron and doing all yeah, these yeah. push-ups. I mean, it's the way of him saying without really saying it that um, I'm fit, I'm ready for the job, and, and you got an old guy who walks like Tim Conway on the Carol Burnett show. Yeah, this is great stuff. I mean, I think it shows that, that he's, uh, I mean, it, it's just working out, but it's, it's not just working out. I mean, Biden has dementia. He can't walk. He can't complete a sentence. This guy's out here talking about things that nobody else is talking about, raising questions that nobody else is asking, mm. and pumping iron, you know? Yeah, in what jeans. I mean, if you pump iron, do you... I, I would wear a shirt and probably some sweats. Yeah. I don't know yeah, that I'd yeah, do yeah. it in jeans shirtless. Right. <laughs> but he looks good for a 69-year-old. Yeah, he's, he's trying to send a message, that's yeah. for sure. So I, my message in all this, in, in that we've gotten the government that we deserve, you know, enough people in the middle didn't want to vote for Donald Trump, hate Donald Trump. I don't know that anything that's happened uh, in the last two and a half years has changed their opinion of Donald Trump. Maybe I'll be wrong because I think Trump's going to be the nominee. Looks like it's more and more obvious that that's going to happen. By electing Joe Biden, he's implementing all the stuff, Kurt, that we used to laugh about. It's like, ha, 
We're going to drive electric cars. 67% of our cars are going to be electric. you got to be kidding me. Right now it's 1%. We can't even keep the air conditioning going with what we've got. What, we're going we're gonna to not drill here? We're not going to be energy independent? That's crazy talk. All of the crazy talk is now running this country. And if we're not careful, going to get reelected. Yeah, I think he's got a really good shot at winning, to be completely honest with you. And it's it's terrifying because he can't even go out, Kurt, and um, make a statement about what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed that? He's reading off a teleprompter, and it's really bad reading. Yeah. Um, even with like what's going on in Russia, the president ought to be able to come out and have a conversation like Trump did. Trump yeah. did that a lot. He did that damn near every day. He'd come down to the driveway, and he would just have a conversation with reporters. Biden can't do that. No, he can't. He can't have a conversation without a teleprompter. And even with the teleprompter, he can barely complete a sentence. He can barely read. Um, it's just it's sad. And who's writing the teleprompter language? Yeah, it's Who, not Joe Biden. Who's in charge of his Twitter account? Who's in charge of, you know, writing policy? <laughs> That's mean, a fair point, because when you look at what he tweets, it's very cogent. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Because I mean, somebody else I'll is just, doing it. I'll just go to his Twitter account right now. When you look at his video, though, it's it's so forced and, and painful to watch. And if he gets off script, that's when he gets he gets into a lot of trouble. There's his banner. Happy Pride Month. Oh, geez. Um, Internet isn't a luxury. In today's economy, it's just as essential as electricity or water. That's why I'm making a commitment to connect every American to high-speed Internet by 2030. When I promised you that our economic recovery wouldn't leave anyone behind, I meant it. Like, he didn't write that. No, he did not write that. <laughs> That's no. just the latest tweet. It would have been the roundabout way to get there, and there might have been some stops at different bus stops and train stations along the way. It's yeah. just, uh, yeah. It's scary times right now, and that's the way it's coming down. I mean, I think it's it's probably going to be Trump-Biden round two, and we'll see. Maybe, maybe, Kurt, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's enough people in the middle who went the other way who are just aghast at all of this. Maybe there are people, Democrats, who voted for Joe Biden who aren't really excited about it. Maybe there will be a third party. Maybe this would be the time when an RFK or a Joe Manchin or somebody could go third party and really disrupt things, like uh, Ross Perot did uh, back in the uh, 88-92 elections. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I think if the Democratic Democratic primary process was – truly transparent it's not i I think that rfk would would genuinely have a shot i mean it's a long shot but i think he would genuinely have a shot because he's gaining a lot of uh, a lot of speed and a lot of momentum and he's going on a lot of different podcasts and tv shows he was on with bill maher uh obviously joe rogan and others but uh it's kind of rigged you know for for them from the beginning so it's going to be a big uphill climb for him to, not, to win. It's not kind of rigged. It is rigged. I mean, yeah. they're, they're basically blowing off Iowa and New Hampshire and saying South Carolina is the first one that means anything. Yeah. RFK Jr. is probably going to win in Iowa and New Hampshire. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, they've got it rigged for Joe Biden in South Carolina, just like they did last time. Yep. So I don't know. I'm starting to lose my optimism for what's coming, but we're just going to keep calling the shots as they happen and, and get a lot of insurance and, and basically make sure you got State Farm on your side because when the shit hits the fan, you definitely want Bob Watson on your side, not some 800 number that takes you to a foreign country where the person that you're talking with barely speaks English. And I know what I'm talking about because our health insurance company at this radio station, this radio company, when I needed them for something, I called Kurt and I 
got somebody who barely understood English. Mm. And I was trying to find a podiatrist. They sent me to a pediatric person because they don't understand English. Bob and his team are on your side. They're right here in our community, 7th and Main and Blue Springs, but they're also licensed in Missouri and Kansas, and they've got a lot of folks throughout the Midwest who rely on Bob Watson State Farm Insurance. 816-229-7878, Auto Home Life Commercial Insurance. He'll insure your boat. Any kind of insurance that you think you need, maybe you don't even know. You want to ask some questions? Call Bob, 816-229-7878. We will leave you with this. The Bud Light folks, put the shovel down. I mean, you stepped in it big time. You know, just like Target did. Just like a lot of these companies are just stepping in the woke puddle and then they're like, oh shit, we're in business. We can't do that. Um, Bud Light, of course, Dylan Mulvaney. And, and I kind of looked at it because I'm not a beer drinker. And I looked at it and went, oh, okay, whatever. This will be a blip on the radar. It's not been a blip on the radar. Modelo now is the number one selling beer in the United States. Correct. A Mexican beer. Yep. In fact, I saw I was at the uh, Firefest over at um, Cable Dahmer Arena, and, and I saw one thrown in the parking lot. So I believe it now. I saw a Modelo <laughs> can in the parking lot. Um, so Bud Light is trying to uh, say, okay, we're really on your side. But they've got these left coast East Coast folks in their rooms who have an idea of what we, the great Midwest, are all about. And this commercial, which is a real commercial, I find somewhat offensive. This is what they think of us in the great Midwest. We're a bunch of hebes, you know, Hoosiers, as they would say in St. Louis. Look at the stupid white people. They can't even get into a hammock. Nope, can't make a basketball shot. Can't figure out the keg. Yeah. I don't think this is going to help Bud Light. Now, if that had been their commercial for the summer and they had completely avoided the Dylan Mulvaney thing, this is their apology to middle America. Um, And I don't know. I find it somewhat offensive. Yeah. I mean, I'm not really offended by it, but it's clear that they're trying to cover their asses. You know, they're trying to revert back to some of maybe their old clientele, you know, uh, white people in the Midwest, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and it's not going to work. And, you know, they had another one that came out previously, uh, like a month or two ago. It was, it was the next ad that came out after the, the Dylan Mulvaney stuff really took off. And it was like reverting back to, you know, kind of the classic Budweiser, you know, drink beer, America. Yeah. You love your Bud Light, don't you? We love America. Yeah. And it's like, Eh, we're not fooled. <laughs> well, I, don't, I don't have a marketing degree, but what if they just put up an ad that said, Bud Light, it's about beer. We get it. Yeah, or, you know, they, I mean, the only or way. make fun of themselves, right? The, the only way for them to actually recover from this would be to apologize, to, to legitimately apologize, to put out a statement saying, you know, uh, we, we didn't realize this was going to offend so many yeah. people, and we made a mistake, and we'd like to make it right. You know, we got rid of Dylan Mulvaney. 
We're not paying him anymore, and uh, we're going to take a different path moving forward. I, Maybe then, I mean, that's not even a guarantee. Maybe some people would start, you know, drinking it again. Yeah. But otherwise, I mean, it's it's a lost cause. It's The damage is done. It's the butt of a joke, you know? Yeah. You go to a bar, you get a Bud Light, everyone looks at you and points and laughs. <laughs> I mean, that, there's no coming back from They're that. not selling a lot of it, that's yeah. for sure. You know, I just had a brilliant idea. Maybe somebody at uh, Budweiser, Anheuser-Busch, would want to take this and run to the marketing department. But back in the day, when Chrysler was getting their ass kicked by GM, and Ford, Lee Iacocca was the chairman of Chrysler. He did his own commercials. And he said, basically, I get it. We're number three, but we're trying to be better. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just that connection between the guy who was running the company, a direct appeal through the ads, Chrysler definitely, they went on a big run. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Marketing department at Bud Light and Anheuser-Busch. You're welcome. Until next week with our special episode and two weeks when we are back with a fresh new episode, unless the roof caves in, this is Dale Carter's America. The views expressed on Dale Carter's America are Dale's and Kurt Wheeler's. They do not necessarily reflect the views of KFKF or Steel City Media. Comments can be sent to dalecartersamerica at gmail.com. Check back for weekly episodes. Subscribe, spread the word, and give us a five-star review. Thanks for being a part of Dale Carter's America.